0: it's thursday june 11th and you're listening to a brand new episode of the julian dion show today we discuss the early years of a comedy career the fate of a fledgling baby robin julian sings some more the daily dose with me jen grant your comments and more and we kick it off with Lindsay ferguson
1: Sitting around on this old couch strumming my guitar up here in this old farmhouse I have so many questions I don't know where to start Don't know if I even want to go there It's 2020 and there's just so much plastic filling up the sea killing you killing me That six letter word it's become too common Capital C doesn't surprise me ooh, ooh, ooh. shocked i can't be heard i don't listen nothing means a lot sensory deprivation over medication can't hear right see right do wrong you take my joy filling me up with gray poison in my food, taking my innocence away. too many guns then are not emptying themselves out same hands could have pulled me up instead Ooh. about triggers, even fireworks, unexpected fear, they even pop pills in your ear, gotta be careful, gotta be on top, can't take a break, can't think, can't breathe, can't stop, happiness is just a word on the tip of my tongue, climb another wrong. get rich, get higher, go bigger, go better, spend a thousand bucks on a sweater, made in China, made in Taiwan, made in Look into your eyes, won't get my hands dirty, but I help you spread your lies. What garden? Where does food come from? I live in cement, metal, glass, and iron. Why don't we do a take 10? Wait a minute, let's start again. Hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, this is Ron well, Vodrey. This
2: is Alex Nussbaum. This is Jason Fraser. This is Matt O'Brien. Hey, this is Ray Zwicker. All right, world. My name is Cal Post.
1: Guys, this is Christina Walking This is
2: Eddie Della This is Adrian Spencer. Uh, my name is Timo. And you're listening to the Julian Dion. You're listening to the Julian Dion, Dion, Dion Comedy <laughs> Hour Podcast. Who am I talking to? What am yeah. I doing? <laughs> Julian Dion
0: Comedy yeah. Hour?
2: You're okay. listening to the. Fuck <laughs> comedy hour. see I took the word out comedy it changes the Day. meaning completely Day doesn't days it
1: in, <laughs> days in. not really I'm overworking but days in the holidays happy holidays you're listening to the Julian Dion comedy hour podcast It's aren't we all now broadcasting live and totally uncensored <laughs>
2: <laughs> from lemon press studio <laughs> In the beautiful Gatineau in
1: the hills. Beautiful.
2: Welcome, welcome to the Julian Dion Show.
3: Coming at you live on a Thursday morning, Thursday, June 11th. Yes, Yes. let's tone it down. Waste of two, three, all right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Thursday, June 11th, we're broadcasting to you live from the beautiful Gatineau Hills, Lemon Press Studios in the Gatineau Hills. Hey, 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 hey. Wakefield Hey Good morning, Gen Z
0: Good morning How are you? Pretty good, pretty good Good. Pretty good sleep, you know, feeling good Energetic
3: Good, sorry, I'm just Sometimes I listen back to the replay And the song is so loud You can barely hear hear us, it's distracting So I'm just trying to figure out Okay tolerable levels for you at home. Right. Of course, we're live on Facebook, Monday to Friday at 7 a.m., Monday to Friday at 7 a.m. This That's episode great. is brought to you by Gringo's Blazing Sauces, as always, Sigadetta.
0: Oh, grazing. Crazy. And we... Uh, I just blended...
3: Are available Bringo on demand. And blazing. Oh, yes, about. you did. Yeah, go ahead. We're available on demand on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, two, three, four, and tuned in radio. All right. Stitcher Radio as well. What? What? Really? Yes. Pretty much everywhere you get your podcast, we are there. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. We're on CastBox. CastBox, yes, we are. What the, the hell, hell is it, yeah. CastBox? I have no idea, but we're on there. How about iHeartRadio? Yes, we're on there. Two, three. Now that I sang yesterday, I'm going to sing every episode right through. Oh,
0: I think we just went negative 20 viewers. Rude. Just kidding. You know
3: what? Forget it. I'm not doing it for the viewers. I'm doing it for my dreams of becoming... A, being a singer. This is my platform. Now, people are talking about using your platform, I'm using mine to sing <laughs> directly into your ear holes. You're
0: actually a pretty good singer.
3: Some people use them for social justice causes. We, I, I just belt out tunes.
0: Belt them. Um,
3: Thank you for saying that. I don't think, I mean, I'm...
0: No, you can. You can sing. Uh, oh. You're just being all modest.
3: It's like when you're in a... Uh, When you're young, you're like, oh, look, I drew this. It's ugly. And you want people to be no, it's nice. No, it's ugly. Mm. I dreamt that I was back in high school last night, actually. I could smell my high school again, the same smells. And I went there two years ago, I think now, to do like a talk, like a motivational.
0: And your nephew was there.
3: Yeah. So I was talking to the graduating class, grade 12 students. About, I don't know, just following your dreams and whatever. But yeah, I think whatever. they were expecting me to do a set because uh, I'm a comedian. So they're like, oh, this comedian's going to come talk to you. So all the kids are like, oh, my God, this is going to be hilarious. Hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just talking and they're all like, where are the jokes? Ugh. It was a long hour. It's and something- then I did a set for an hour for the teachers the week before school opened. That was fun. Hmm. Um, but, yeah. But I smelled, when I went back, it was the first time I'd been back been back to my high school since graduating Mm. and it smelled the same everything anyway yesterday i dreamt i had to go back for some reason with my friends we were our age now but in high school lining up for the cafeteria i'm having all these crazy dreams now (laughs) because of no substances (coughs) pure living Mm -hmm. excuse me i've got a little shake yeah a little tickle in my Oh, is there anything grosser than drinking a smoothie?
0: Can't hear anything, though. That's good. No? No. What about now? Wait. No, don't. Please. Ew. Mm-hmm. Can you please not? <laughs> it's so gross.
3: Your mic seems low, but it's
0: cranked up. Oh. I'll make more of an effort to be real close up. Right. That must be better. I can't get any closer than yeah, that. Yeah. Now it's okay. too loud. <laughs> uh, if you're
3: with us, give us a share. Why don't you? All right. Hmm. All right, I'm going to stop frigging messing with the uh, dials on the board. Okay. My head's cut off. Okay, just shut up and do the show. Frig.
0: Ma'am. Frigga dig.
3: What were you just saying before? Something about high school. Yeah, That's but not- you said something and I kind of cut you off, finished my thought about high school, and welcome now it's gone. to my world. Welcome to my world. Won't you come on in? What were you talking
0: about right before? Singing, maybe?
3: Welcome. (laughs) Oh,
0: that's so annoying. Yeah,
3: it doesn't matter.
0: Hmm. There was something I wanted to say.
3: I was talking about doing a talk for students. Maybe that was part of it. Did, did oh, that actually,
0: yes, that does that does uh, bring it back. That's one thing about being a comedian that's really annoying is that everybody expects—well, not everybody, but many people expect you to be funny all the time. Yeah, and like after a show, if it's a really good show and they they really like you, there's often like. I'll have groups of girls that come up and they expect me to be that like what I was on stage, which Mm -hmm. is obviously an exaggerated version of me. Like, I am a funny person, but I'm not. It's a performance. But the better you get at doing stand-up, the more it seems like it's just natural and you're always like that. So. Go ahead. They'll be like, come hang out with us. You're so funny. And I'm like,
3: ooh. Yeah, there's an unwritten rule in comedy. Never leave... (sighs) Never leave the 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 club with people, because yeah. then you're not that you're not. They expect it because when you're,
0: you're boring compared to your doing stage the show. Person, you're yeah.
3: controlling the room. You're funny. You're like larger than life on stage. And then people are like, "We're having this party. Come with us after." And if you do, you're just like another person there. That's just quiet, and yeah. it, it just it takes it all away. So it's kind of an unwritten rule: never leave the club with anybody. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, often people that meet me first, before they know I'm a comedian, you know you meet some people and you kind of hang out and whatever, get to know them, and then they find out I'm a comedian. Almost always the reaction is, you're the unfunniest comedian I've ever met in my life. Oh, that's annoying. Because in my life, I'm very, just, I keep to myself. I tend to be more reserved and quiet, and I don't know what they expect to, uh, ah, hey, hoo ha 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 this is not me squeezing my tit, this is like a flower, uh, like, a, you know the flowers that squirt water?
0: Mm-hmm, I do.
3: Oh, my God! What's wrong with you this morning?
0: what oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I do oh my God And no, one time I went to uh I we've did, all been around <laughs> comics who are on all the time, and it's really annoying just well, FYI. insecure
3: ones are or mm-hmm. people you feel they have to be on all the time it's so I'm annoying. off most of the time. In fact, some people that listen to this show that started listening, I don't know during the since we changed it from the comedy hour to the Julian Dion show. Yes. Uh, I, I, it might be news to them now that I'm a comedian, and they might be thinking the same thing: like, "Ugh, what? What?" what? what? I remember one time I did a career day at my high school. This is oh, jeez, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I went to my school to do a career day, and again, it's like comedian career day. So it was a packed class. Most, most, what was that? Oh, the
0: cat's on the counter.
3: Oh God, that's gross. Most career days, you know, the classes have maybe eight, ten, twelve people. My class was jam-packed because they felt they, you know, oh, it's going to be hilarious. It's a comedian talking mm-hmm. to us, talking to us about career day, and I was relatively new in my comedy career i I don't know five or six years in or something like that so still not not enough to give a career day and i went to my high school packed class packed class and of course with the comedy mentality the stand-up it's just like not preparing much Mm -hmm. like i don't prepare really for when i go on stage i'll i know my act I'll, i'll if i have new stuff i just it's bullet points that i go through and kind of right on stage Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and you get used to not preparing which is a bad habit when it comes to other things like auditioning or career days (laughs) because you need to prepare for these things and the comics mentality is just like i'll show up rely on my skill set and get it done well i show up to this career day packed class full of kids between grade nine and twelve. And I just proceeded for 55 minutes to just share story after story of me bombing.
0: <laughs>
3: I was just because people are like, "Tell us, so is it great?" And I I didn't want to give the impression that it was so easy and all this, so I just gave all these horrific bombing stories to these students, and they all looked at me like, "Oh my, like blank stares, like what's happening?" And I remember the questions are they're like. <laughs> they're like why do you do this? It doesn't seem like fun. They, they all seem terrified, I, including the teacher. The teacher or the chaperone in that class was someone I went to high school with. So she was like, oh, my God, we're so excited to have you and can't wait. I've heard great things in my head. I'm like, I heard great things. I'm not going to do my act. I hope, you know. Anyway, and I could see just her face change from excitement, anticipation to disappointment to just like sad. At the back of the room. Oh, my God. She was just like, she was embarrassed for me. She was like, oh, I felt like such an idiot when I left there. I'm like, Ooh, oh, I hate that feeling. No notes, nothing. I was just like, all right, so I'm a comedian and uh, any questions? Like, how is it? Do you make a lot of money? Is it like, I'm like, okay, first of all, it's not that easy. Let me tell you some stories about bombing. And it just it just turned into this one story after another after another of bombing And they're like, do you have any good positive stories? (laughs) And I remember I made that mistake, too, on radio one time. I was doing a morning radio show in Moncton, an interview. And same, I don't know where where I got, why I went down this route. Same thing. They're like, the DJs were like, you know, it's not easy as a comedian. And uh, you're here making your living. You're originally from Skidook. And now you're back in Moncton uh, for this comedy festival. I think it was in 2010, the first time I did Hubcap. And I just went on story after story of bombing. And one of the DJs was like, should we have uh, violins playing in the background? Will you? <laughs> And I was like, oh yeah, I guess this is not the best morning radio. You know, morning radio is all energy and over the top and just like crazy annoying. And I was just like, yeah, so I did this one show where this guy said, you suck. And I was like, well, I'm following my dream up here. And then the audience turned, uh, it came, was on my side and turned on the audience member. And they're like, okay, um...
0: Yeah. You realize that you're, is this an interview or a therapy? It's mm-hmm. like you're, you're feeling better talking about it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe part of you wanted people to know it's not all, you know, it's actually really hard. Cause that's the other thing that's annoying about comedy is sometimes people will watch and think, I could do a better job. That's why, where a lot of hecklers come into.
3: Not uh, only watch, but people will do comedy and open mic once and yeah. then they're a comedian it's that's annoying. all that's all you need
0: and then there's always those comics that we all know who think that they did better than they did and they get off stage and they actually say that they killed and you mm, watch them pretty much bomb <laughs> and they're like I killed I annihilated and I'm like were you here like what like wow I'm part I'm partly annoyed and partly <coughs> impressed that you can have that that idea of yourself but mostly annoyed like, what's that like yeah, mostly annoyed, but like ignorance is bliss. You know that expression is popular for a reason because it's like I would love to be that unaware.
3: I know. And the thing is because comedy But they're
0: never the best comics. Just sorry to interrupt again, but they're ne- they're the best comics are the ones that are actually more critical of themselves.
3: Yeah. Totally. And I uh, 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 this, people are so quick to call themselves comedians. Even if the, after they've done open mics for a year or two and they've had a handful of sets. I'm a comedian. They post online as a comedian. I'm like, you're not. It took me five, six, seven years to, without cringing, admit I was a comedian. I'm like, yeah, I'm a yeah. comedian. But these people. It's like when the pandemic hit, all these open micers complaining about lost gigs. It's like, it's just, you have your day job. Mm-hmm buds anyway not to be cynical and go down that road but no 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 but it's true it's it, so it, disrespectful it,
0: it's like uh it's two-pronged it's like people are incredibly impressed when you're a stand-up it's comedian what
1: what did you say it's two-pronged.
0: what two-pronged i don't know if that's even expression but it's yeah, like yeah
3: you'll see you'll see in the delay why that makes sense go ahead
0: okay <laughs> but um now i'm waiting for it No, but it's like people are impressed with stand-up comedy, but they also, in the back of their mind, think I could do it easily. Uh, What's that? Oh, two prongs. I got it. Um,
3: By the way, for our audio listeners, I showed a iPhone charger, the two prong. So
0: not worth it.
3: I don't know. You said two prong, and within a half second, I had a two prong thing up on on screen. That's pretty pretty genius. Anyway, I'm a comedian.
0: I have another thing to say, and it's ah, oh, that is Shit. frustrating. It's about comedy. You said it's two
3: pronged. On one hand, no, no, you no, have no.
0: Before that, before that, um, but be, 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 be. I don't remember. I don't remember, and it was a really good point. So there you go. Gone. It was two
3: pronged. You have some I'm people really that call, call themselves comedians, and
0: oh yeah, thank you. <laughs>
3: you're just about to say, I'm really glad you interrupted with that thing. I know I
0: was mad. No, but it is really frustrating for doing stand-up comedy for 20 plus years. It's really irritating when people consider themselves a comedian like I don't know why I care. I shouldn't even care, but it's like I know. It, if I I was like you, I wouldn't call myself a comedian for a long time because you're basically in school for the first 500 sets. Yeah, which is, I don't even, at least that, right? I I think it's like calling yourself a doctor on your first day of med school. Yeah. Like, if you've done one set, if you've done one amateur night five-minute set in your whole, like, if that's all you've done so far, you can't really call yourself a comedian yet. It really is like saying, oh, I'm a doctor after the first, you know, semester of med school,
3: even if you've done a couple of years at like twenty, thirty sets a year, you're you're not a comedian yet. You're yeah. you're an amateur. And you'll you'll get there, sure. But I heard someone say the first hundred sets don't count, and then I heard someone say after that it's actually the first five hundred sets. I believe that. And I would say that more five hundred sets would be. Uh, More accurate.
0: You still get a lot of credit for doing it in the first place because I know a lot of people... It's shocking how many people come up and tell me they want to do stand-up comedy but they're still preparing their set and they're you know, still trying to work on it before they do it. And it's really with stand-up, it's like you just have to try it.
3: Yeah, and it's hard because with stand-up you have to develop in front of people. You can't... Like musicians... (laughs) By the time they you perform in front of an audience, you've practiced in your room for hundreds of hours, or in your garage with your band for hundreds of hours, and then you do a show in front of people. Well, comedy can't practice. You can't practice in the shower or in front of your mirror or in your bedroom. It you only develop on stage. Yeah, and so you have to do that in front of people, which is a horrific process. It just it takes a long time. And you suck for a long time You just suck in front of people That's just what you have to do mm-hmm. And and that's why I take it with a grain of salt When people are like, I saw this person, they suck I'm like, well, I don't know, give it time You know, it takes so I sucked for so long in front of people And there's no there's no way around it you just have to go up and be <laughs> and you're di- you're still getting laughs and it's still but there's a difference between mm-hmm. you know getting the job done like getting some laughs and really being efficient and confident and and
0: you know Yep. Definitely. Machine
3: gun style.
0: It's cra- it's a crazy yeah you're developing in front of people which is just raw. Like I've oh the sets I've had where I'm just like, oof! I wish I was invisible right now, and which is ridiculous because you have to—you're the center of attention. But sometimes you're like, oh, stop looking at me. This is too hard. Yeah. What? Stop watching me fail so intensely. Mm. Um, Christina says Christina Stobert. She goes, uh, I think I'm a comedian. <laughs> Mernin. <laughs> she thinks yes. she's a comedian. Everybody thinks they're a comedian. Every, well,
3: it looks easy. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks they can do it. And especially on Facebook, someone will post a funny status and be like, oh, maybe I should do do this. (laughs) But uh, Christina is funny.
0: She is funny, and that's the thing. She's
3: funny, and she's got like sass to her because she'll she she'll bust your balls completely straight faced. I know, and that's hilarious. That it is, is funny. That is a comic sensibility, yeah. because that's another thing I can't stand on stage is comics that smile too, smile too much. I remember Greg Fitzsimmons saying this on his podcast oh, years yeah. ago. He goes, "I don't trust comics that smile too much on stage," and it's so true. Yeah, and I see that a lot in the French world, and in the English world, it's kind of like a. Hey, we're all in this together, and the over-the-top smiling—I can't stand it. I'm like, it's—it's it's so disen—disingenuous, disingenuous, disingenuous yeah. and it's like it's forced. You're forcing Ugh. people to like, hey, like me, hey eh, guys, and it's like. You don't have to smile to be funny.
0: Oh, or the the I I'm trying to stop myself from laughing and smiling at my own yeah. hilarity. Oh, I'm just like, like I want to throw up when I see that. Like
3: your own, you can't handle your own genius. It's yeah. like oh
0: my god. Can you do an? Imp- are you doing it right now?
3: <laughs> anyway, so kind of. But anyway.
0: Oh, I hate that. It's like, it's just it's smoke and mirrors, and there are tricks. That are very subtle in stand-up, right? That because we're in the business, you can see them. You're like, oh, I know what he's doing right now. And I bet he says that every time, but he's faking that it's just coming up right now, which obviously every comic has them, and some are just more... Um, acceptable and less cheesy and less lazy than others. And believe me, in in a corporate setting and a really difficult setting, sometimes you'll do shows where it's not set up for stand-up. You do what you need to do to get through that. Because if you have to do 45 minutes to an hour in a really difficult situation, I do not judge anyone who you know pulls out all the tricks oh my god
3: in corporates i'm in embar- i'd be embarrassed if other comics saw what i do in corporates it's <laughs> it's like you're more of a cheerleader it's not artistically fulfilling it's not for this and you don't go, leave there but go I'm like oh yeah i've i've developed as an artist after that gig yeah. it's just oh yeah i've done just straight up cheerleading for the first 10 minutes like Where's Bill? Bill, hey, you suck at golf. All right, who? Is, and then that's what they remember after they come up. Oh my God, when you you nailed Bill when you said he sucked at golf, that was the best part of the show. I'm like, what about the material I've been crafting for a decade? Is, Although
0: no. you can't sneeze at that s- skill too, because that's really good. You're good at that, and that came. That's the other thing that comes from many years of performing is the confidence to be able to do stuff like that. That's something that you can't, you know, that, that just takes years. That, and I guess that's what we're trying to say is that one thing, everybody's been funny on some level. It's a human thing to be funny on occasion. It's a whole other thing to develop a craft that you can go into any environment and make people laugh from the get go um, and adapt and all those things that come from years of experience. Kind of oh, yeah. like kind of like a pilot or any other job, you know, you're going to be okay in the beginning, you're sufficient. But really, how do you deal under pressure when things, you know, don't go exactly as planned? Can you pivot and make and really do it with confidence? That's you know, that's, that's the, the difference.
3: thing. And real corporate gigs, you don't do until you're eight, nine, ten years into the business because yeah. of that. It's so hard, and you have to do an hour in front of people that don't necessarily want to be there. It's uh, physically the setting of the room is always almost always awful. Uh, yeah. These big, you know, banquet rooms and hotels, and, and then the fluorescent lightings and the bad sound. And there's yeah. four or five hundred people, and most of them aren't comedy fans. A lot of them didn't want to be there. They're just exactly. part. It's just part of a bigger event. And then, uh, and then the people that do want to be there and do are are fans of comedy. They're not gonna laugh necessarily because they're around bosses, and (laughs) and so they're self conscious to what they can laugh at. So all these elements come into place that makes it a really tough gig. And I hear comics are two, three years in. I did a corporate. You didn't do corporates until you get paid a lot of money, and you do an hour. And it's uh, you know people will be like, oh, I did uh, this company came by this club, and I did you know a ten minute Mm -hmm. set. I did a corporate. It's not. It's not. That's also an insult to people that do corporate comedy successfully. It's 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 a whole other beast, and it takes an insane amount of experience and a, a high level of skill to get those done. And so you don't do them, really, until yeah. you're... Close to 10 years in. I, I don't think I did my, my first corporate. I've performed for, for businesses and stuff. If they came to Yuck Yucks or whatever, and it's a Christmas party. But that's not a corporate. I mean, when a company specifically, they, they get the choice of a few comedians. They get pitched a few different comics. They choose you based on your, your demo and your credits and what you've done in the business. And then from that, they pay you a lot of money and then you do an hour plus of comedy for them. That's a corporate gig. That's And they're mm-hmm. fucking tough.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I remember a seasoned corporate comedian telling me that not to expect to kill the same way that you do in a club. It's totally different. Uh, it's like hu- you're, you just want to kind of be humorous. The other thing is uh, that... Uh, like so often, it's not designed. Like their seating is, I don't know, twenty feet away from the stage yeah. because they're gonna have dancing after, or like if it's a Christmas party or something like that, which makes sense, you know, you get that, but it's hard to connect to an audience that's twenty feet away. Plus, they're um, the the you want to cater, you're like customer service and a entertainer at the same time, so. They want you to go on during dessert, and you're trying to tell them. you want them to be happy because you want to please their agenda. But how do you how do you make people laugh while they're eating cheesecake? Yeah, there there's cheesecake in their mouth anyway, and you're like doing your bits up there twenty feet away. I mean, come on, yeah, come on.
3: One thing I got to give a shout out to Robert G- Robert Gallant of Hubcap Promotions and the Hubcap Comedy Festival. His corporate gigs at and they're always good good gigs. His clause, one of the clauses in the contract, is if there's a dance floor, you're putting a stage there. I've done gigs for him where I show up to the corporate gig. There's a stage where there's going to be a band and and like awards and stuff. And in front of that stage, there's a smaller stage with a mic stand and a stool. uh, Because he doesn't accept a dance floor between the performer and the audience. So he's like, if there's going to be a dance floor, you have to put a second stage that you can remove after the comedy performance, and so literally every one of those gigs I've done for him, unless the, it was wasn't set up that way, if there's a gap or a dance floor, or there's a little stage in front on that thing. So he does it right. He he really makes sure makes sure.
0: Yeah, he's great. He's yeah. awesome. Uh,
3: I want to talk about yes this. We'll get to the daily dose in a bit. Yeah. That's all right for later tonight. So yeah, tonight or today, whatever. The I talked about two mice before we had to <laughs> to kill, right? The the first one injured by our dog Gordy, <laughs>
0: a mouse. <laughs>
3: and and then he like injured it, like broke his limbs. So I had to bring it outside and drop a boulder on it. I've talked about this on the show before. And most recently our cat Nuggy Injured a mouse, same thing. And that's when I went outside and let him do his thing for like 15 minutes and felt like a, a mob <laughs> wife that was just letting it happen. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this little life is, is alive right now and I'm going to let him do his thing and it's going to be dead. <laughs> and it, sure enough, was dead. Well, yesterday, I'm sitting outside, the dog is in the yard doing his thing. And we have these baby robins, these this family of robins in the cedar tree by our house.
0: Very close to the house.
3: So I'm I'm just sitting there minding my own business, taking a break from work, uh, sitting outside, and the dog is down by the driveway, so I call him. I goes, come on, let's go. So he starts walking up the driveway. Two seconds later, I hear complete mayhem, these birds freaking out. I look, and there's two robins attacking. Gordy, the baby robins were uh, up in the nest, up uh, as far as I knew. I we've been looking, checking upon them almost every day. Every time you go close, they'd open their little mouths.
0: So cute.
3: Anyway, so I hear these these th- these birds like a sound I've never heard before from bir- like they were freaking out. I look and I just see like feathers everywhere, and these two robins, literally attacking our dog Gordy. We have an Irish setter. One of them's, like, flapping and, like, going at it with his paws. And the other one is, like, swooping down and, like, pecking. And both of them are making this frantic sound. So, right away, I put two two together. and am like, fuck one of the babies. For sure. And Gordy, he spends most of his afternoons in the yard chasing butterfly shadows. Like, he'll just bounce around the yard. <laughs> he doesn't... Like, even when we throw a frisbee, he doesn't chase the frisbee. He chases the shadow and, like, tries to grab it until the frisbee falls. And then he, he goes after that. So... He spends his afternoon just chasing these little shadows. So anything that moves, he chases it. And he's this big 65-pound lanky dog. (laughs) And so right away I know, oh, shit. And he knows that
0: yard, right? He knows the yard inside and out. So he notices any little movement, yeah.
3: So I'm like, oh, my God, the baby robins for sure. So right away I start screaming. uh, I was on a FaceTime call. I'm like, Garty! Garty! And I'm cursing, cocksucker. I'm like freaking out. And he's not doing anything. He's just there. He's just kind of looking around as these birds are attacking him. And I know there's a baby bird involved in this somehow. Finally, I get the dog inside. And the birds are in the trees now, freaking out. Dog's inside. I'm like, oh, wow, that was intense. And I'm still in the FaceTime call. And I'm like, I think my dog went after baby Robin. But I think it's fine. So I'm walking around the yard. And in the grass, son of a bitch, I see... A little baby robin, and his wing is all like fear. Like his. Aww. It's all. It looks like. And he's just like. His eyes are somewhat closed, like that little white membrane on top. And he's breathing really like rapidly, just because they have little tiny lungs. I, I mean, this. He's literally two weeks old, this little thing, or a week. And his one wing is all like fear. And he's, his other wing is there, and he's just in the. Uh, grass and I'm like, "Oh my god, no way. He injured. He broke this bird's wing." And it doesn't take mu- I mean just he, if goes after it, pause it or whatever. So I'm f- sh- now I know that I have to again eliminate this bird.
0: It always happens when I'm not there too.
3: I have to take this bird's life. I'm like because I've been in these situations before living in the country. This is just what happens living in the country. And having grown up in the country, I've seen this happen before. Last time was a few years back, going back 12, 13 years. I was at our uh, cabin in the woods with my dad, and we had these big picture windows in the front. And I think it was a robin that hit the window, came out, and was like, it was clearly mangled, still alive. And my dad had to take a big stump, like a big log, and really just smash it, like kill it. You have to because it's suffering. You can't rehabilitate these these things at that point. You're not going to bring it to the vet or so whatever. Sad. Even though it crosses your mind, I'm like, let me save it. Start an Instagram account. I'll become viral and never leave the house again. So I, I, I knew this is what I had to do. So I'm like, oh my god! And it's surprisingly bigger for for a bird that was in a robin's egg last week. That's really small. It was. It looked like per, like a good size. I'm like, oh my god! So now I start. Looking for boulders. We've got lots of rocks and big boulders on our property. We live on, on a mountain. So I find one and I'm like, oh, I hate it. So I tell my buddy that I was on the phone with, like, I have to do this. I'm like, I'm going to take you with me. He's like, I don't want to see that. He goes, I'm a human with a heart and soul, eh? I don't want to see animals get killed i'm like no but i have to to do it he's like yeah just call me after but i don't want to see it i'm like you're not seeing it i just need some support because it's Missouri not likes company, yeah. I, well, I don't want to do it it's not like oh yes i get to smash a bird uh, crush it stomp it so i'm like oh my god so i call jen i go this fucking dog injured one of the baby robins it's Wing is broken It's all like Mangled And it's in the grass It's still alive The parents are in the tree Freaking out I have to put it out of its misery I can't, We can't There's nothing you can do It's just life And um, She's like Well call your dad Maybe he knows He'll be <laughs> able to I'm like I'm pretty sure my dad's just gonna confirm what, I, what I'm thinking But yeah I'll give him a call Not only did my dad confirm He gave me a He goes yeah, I tell him the whole story, like I just told you, he goes, yeah, shit, nah, it's it's not fun, but you have to do it, I go, so I'm, I'm just going to grab a boulder and do it, he's like, oh. he goes, yeah, boulder could work, but you got to strike accurately and really hard, he goes, just put on a good pair of boots and stomp oh. stomp it, I'm like, what are you, a psychopathic? <laughs> oh that was. God. I was looking for comfort. And he's like, just put on a good pair of boots and and do it quick and hard. Uh, Because when you wear a boot, you have more control over it. You're not going to necessarily miss. I know. Nobody likes it, by the way. My dad's not telling me this with a smile. He's like, this is not fun. This is just a reality of living in the country. Sometimes you have to deal with these things, and it sucks. But he's like...
0: And although it sounds mean, it's the kindest thing it's the, This
3: thing is suffering, all right? It's, it's really, it's hurt, it, it can't be fixed, and it'll never know what happened. It'll just, it's over. So my dad tells me this. I'm, I'm a mess. I don't want to do it. I'm pacing in the yard. Because my dad, he goes, I actually just had to do that. One of my nephews, my sister's son, found, same thing, a bird with an injured wing, not long ago, a couple weeks ago. And he put it in a box and everything, and brought it. My dad, my dad stomped it. He had to. Anyway, so then uh, I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to do this. So I hang up with my dad. I'm like, fuck, pacing the yard, and I'm like, I'm not doing the boot thing. I'm, I, I feel more comfortable with a, and I mean like a heavy rock, like a sixty, seventy pound, like a big boulder basically, and just really, like I did with the mouse.
0: Did you call me back at that point?
3: Did I? I don't know. I right.
0: feel like I did, because I feel like I played a role in this. Yeah. Convincing you to wait to see.
3: Well, it wasn't give away the ending, but well, I, w- t- I wasn't...
0: taking a bajillion years to get there. Just kidding. Okay, go ahead. Oh, my God. Seriously? I'm just teasing. It's,
3: t- it's talk radio. You have to kill time. That's what you do. You, you give details.
0: I'm teasing.
3: Anyway... All right, the thing is, we want me to just get right to the end?
0: No, I was just teasing. I was just joking. I honestly was, but it didn't, you didn't laugh.
3: <clears throat> so well, I'm just trying to think which, I don't want to be annoying too. Which parts should I have left out?
1: Mm-mm.
3: No, curious, just fill me in.
0: Just for Not the future. Not at all. Not at all. I was just kidding. Go ahead.
3: Anyway, so I, uh, what was I saying? Oh, where was I? Oh, so then I go back to it to do it. And I noticed the wing was back to his side. He was just like nestled like a regular, he just looked like a bird taking a rest on the grass. And so, um, yeah, so anyway, that's when I called you. And I said, uh, because you did, yes, every time I did speak to you, uh, you did say, um, maybe wait. And I said, well, it's suffering. And then you said, okay, well, yeah, you did say, you said, wait till I get there. And then I called you back and said, um, oh, his wing is back to his side or whatever. Then you confirmed, you said, just wait then. Let's let's wait it out 15 or 20 minutes and we'll see. Anyway, we waited, we went inside and um, we saw the parents, both the male and female Robin, (laughs) uh, coming and feeding it. It was so cute. So cute. So this little thing now his wing is back to his side. He just looks like a normal bird just in the grass. Not perched, but what how do you call it? just yeah, like sitting th- t- like tucked, tucked in. in. He's just like this little cute guy there in the grass. I'm like, "Okay, up. if his wing was broken broken, obviously he couldn't do that. He, w- he wouldn't be able to pull it back." That's
0: true.
3: So I'm like, "Oh shit. All right." And then we uh we see these robins feeding it. They're they're like they're really weary. They're looking around and they're slowly like hopping towards it with worms in their mouths, one at a time. One is like keeping six and the other one is watching. And um feeding this little bird. He's opening his mouth and it's and it's also shaking, like it's his feathers. You know how like a cat or a dog would shake like it's just like ruffling his feathers. So I'm like, oh, maybe he's gonna be fine. Anyway, then we, what's next, Jen?
0: Then you go over, and we're just kind of monitoring the situation, but we're worried because every day at around dinner time, turkey vultures, you can see them circling the sky around here, and they're looking for, you know, little animals or whatever hurt and we don't know at this point if it's just hurt or if this is just the natural process of a robin and when they're a fledgling and they're leaving their nest so uh we go out we keep looking like every few minutes every 10 minutes we go out and check if he's there and he's quite camouflaged like if if gordy hadn't freaked out you wouldn't even have known that that baby was there like and we, he's so small, and he blends—he
3: yeah. blends right in.
0: And I'm glad we noticed he was there. Imagine we stepped on a accident.
3: Oh, I mean that must happen all the time. Oh, so anyway, we look yeah. into it, and turns out it's—it's it's normal. It's called fledgling birds. It's just part of the process. They fall out of the nest. They j- literally jump out of the tree and fall to the ground. They can't fly yet, so it takes sometimes a few days. They just kind of hop around in the grass, and so. We looked into it. First, First, I looked into, should you rescue a baby robin? Cause, <laughs> so now it had been a few hours since it was there. The parents fed it. The parents are monitoring it because anytime we got close, they would start chirping. So then we look into it. Should you rescue baby robins? And I saw this video on YouTube. This guy had a nest, and the nest broke off. And these two or three little baby robins fell to the ground. And he made a makeshift nests with wood chips and and leaves and some grass (laughs) and put the bird in it so then i'm like well let's make a makeshift nest and put him in there for the night because we were going to leave him there but he had these little tiny little red ants on him and he was just kind of sitting there looking around i'm like i don't want the ants and stuff to to be all over him so let's just make a little nest so we grabbed this hanging flower pot (laughs) just like the youtube video make a nest put on some rubber gloves well this is where i'm embarrassed but so could not could not find myself to pick up this little fucking bird and put it in i was i was like
0: Ugh. it
3: took me so long we have video of it which we will destroy guess how
0: long the video is
3: those details don't matter <laughs> So we're sitting I had
0: to like coach you. And anyways, I'm yeah, go ahead.
3: We're crouched by this bird and like I go to take every time my hands are right by there because I know it's going to like it's it's going to bat his wings and freak out. And I didn't want to be like. Ugh! And, and so I'm like just getting <laughs> mentally prepared to pick up this little bird. I'm like, why the hell am I OK with picking up cats or other pets? But this little thing, for some reason. It's so weird the the mentality. I'm like, why am I afraid to pick up or freaked out to pick up this little tiny bird? Finally, I do it, pick it up, and it starts peeping. It's like, and then the parents start freaking out. It's, it's funny how quick they came. The parents were nowhere to be seen. This was around six thirty, seven o'clock last night, so they're not around. And as soon as it started peeping, this thing... Oh, did they ever come by? Then they're in the trees and they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. We put him in the makeshift nest while he jumps right out. So I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. He was older than the... Than the uh The one in the, the birds in the video that we watched were really, really, really young. Like they were all, they were like wet and like rag, like straggly looking or whatever. Mm -hmm. This one is like plump and feathers. And he's like, so he was too, he was going to jump out. We were going to hang it in the cedar tree where the nest is, but he would have for sure jumped right out on the rocks. I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. Well, you said that. Mm -hmm. So then we looked into it some more and that it's totally normal and, um, We just decided to leave them there. Then it started pouring rain like a huge... Can I mention something? Yes, go ahead.
0: So uh, one thing that I learned in this article, it's really interesting. Like if this happens, I think we humanize things, right? We see that and we think, well, I don't want... I, I wouldn't want to be lying on the ground with all these ants all over me. But the reason the ants are all over is because their defense, the only defense they have as a fledgling is to be able to just sit there still. So if they're still, they, they can't move too much to try to get the ants off their face or whatever because then that would give away to the turkey uh, yeah, vultures right. and the predators that they're there. So their best defense is sitting still. And the other thing was they have to be out of the nest uh, because the nest the nest appears to us like it would be safer than being still in the ground. But the nest, after a while, after the, the babies are there for a while, uh, becomes less safe because it starts smelling like birds like the longer they're in there oh, yeah it starts to smell like birds and if you notice um where the nest is on that tree you can see that there's like bird poop below the tree because they you know th- there's more evidence that the, there is a animal living there plus predators are also everybody in the animal community wants to eat and the predators are really keen on what the human wh- what the behavior is of the uh birds and they start to notice, oh, that those birds keep going over to that part of that tree. So I think, like it's crazy what, you know, they're going to notice so that they can go and eat the birds, the baby birds. So um, it's safer for him to be on the ground than to be in the nest. Go ahead. Yeah,
3: and it's so, you really have to be careful where you walk because he's been moving. He moves, so he's... He moves about 10 feet every so few hours. And then you see these little white poop stains where he was before. And there was one when I picked him up, a little poop stain there. But the cutest, (laughs) cutest little thing. He's all tucked. So anyway, we're out there last night, and it starts downpouring this crazy thundershower, raining cats and dogs. There's some sort of joke there. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm like, oh, so... I guess we'll just leave it there all night. And we live in the woods, so there's raccoons and neighbor's cats around. And I'm like, this thing is not going to make it through the night. And so it's pouring rain all night. This little thing is just out there in the grass by itself. Anyway, we went to check this morning. It's still there as we speak. It's moved a bunch.
0: Yay, good ending. And and
3: so what they do, they keep moving, moving like 10 feet at a time, 10 feet at a time, and then fly away. Eventually, they just get their strength, and then they just learn how to fly. And I talked to my dad yesterday. I called him back. I go, looks like this thing's going to be fine or whatever. He goes, oh, yeah, they do that. They stay in the grass. He goes, we have, <laughs> he, we have one here. It's in the grass. It was in the grass for about 15 hours. The parents kind of egg it on, egg it on, and then eventually it can, it can fly. But he goes, yeah, that's what they do. I'm like, geez, you couldn't have told me that before, <laughs> yeah. before suggesting I stop this thing. Yeah, with a good boot. Anyway, so it's still out there. It's all wet. <laughs> Big round eyes. As Cutie. soon as you go up, he looks at you. As we walk up to him, he's like, "Anyway, so uh, the thing is alive and well. I'm so glad I didn't drop a boulder on it." Yeah, and
0: um, and we're not letting the dog obviously loose in the yard right yeah. now. he's he's only going in the front yard, and uh, we're very protective of this cute little guy.
3: So if you see robins, baby robins in your grass. It's normal. It's just part of it. And they can stay up there for a couple of days until they get the strength to to then fly. But we did not learn that. I mean, we, we did not know that. We learned it.
0: Yep. And um, uh, Becky just said a really funny comment, my friend Becky, mm-hmm. our friend Becky, our friend. She said, you are such baby Robin pros. <laughs> <laughs> it's You know what? I, I'm glad that I looked it up because... And I'm glad we went through the the whole process, but it's, you know what, a little tiny help. It just appeared so helpless and you don't want anything to suffer. So I'm glad that we looked into it. Uh, and, and we were saying, I'm surprised we don't know about this because robins are really uh, prevalent. And this is just a natural way that they develop. Yeah, like and how and do
3: people don't run them over with lawnmowers and stuff all the Ooh, time?
0: Oh, shit. It probably happens. Well, the other ones though, I know that there was, when they were really little and I could see their little beaks opening up to be fed, you could see there was at least three in there. Yeah. So the other two are somewhere, but the mortality Oof. rate of baby robins or robins in general when they're growing up is quite high, obviously.
3: And it was uh, what, it got mad at me the baby when I was picking it up, it started uh, snapping its little beak at me. You could, you could hear it snapping. Like, it was, <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna hurt you. And Becky, you wouldn't certainly not call us pros if you saw me trying to pick this thing up for <laughs> for twenty minutes.
0: Oh my gosh, I want to post the video. No, I still have can't. evidence. It's, it's, Come on. Uh,
3: uh, it, it's embarrassing. I
0: think I'll post it to the page tomorrow.
3: Mm, we'll see. It made me think of like nat geo photographers, you know, people that, or or the people that make the planet Earth documentaries. When you th- they see these little birds or these little animals about to become prey, uh, getting stalked by large animals, how do they not feel the urge to intervene? I know. Like just spray bottle a, a lynx or something going after a little rabbit, like.
0: I know. That's the thing nature's cruel and it's hard to watch those shows cuz you know that there's going to be a predator moment. But you know, if if nature is like that, shouldn't we also feel bad for that predator who can't eat? Like a a polar bear that can't get a seal? Like yeah. I mean, aside from climate change, but like it is sad. I don't want to see the seal die, but I also don't want to see the polar bear die. So it's like, that is life. It's nature.
3: I was thinking about that last night when we went to bed. I'm like, okay, it's out there. Raccoons could get it. Fishers could get it. Cats could get it. Anything. And then I was like, because <laughs> at, at some, some point I I thought, should we put it in a box overnight, bring it inside, you know, put some holes in a box and make it comfy and then put them back out in the morning? I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. I mean... <laughs> And I thought of those Nat Geo photographers or those those Planet Earth documentors, Like, how do they just not intervene? You just m- must want to, like,
0: please run. I've never heard of Nat Geo.
3: National Geographic?
0: Well, that, the full name, but I've never heard of, is that a common thing, Nat Geo? Abs- absolutely, it is. I have never heard of that. I think
3: their website is Nat Geo. Like, uh, yes, absolutely oh, it is. Snap. In their commercials, they say, get a Nat Geo subscription. Oh, uh, my goodness. 100%.
0: Who knew? Who knew? Not you learn something every day. Not this gal. I almost call myself a guy.
3: You <laughs> did. You said not this guy. Not this <laughs> gal.
0: Um so Doug just said, I need to see that video, Jennifer. <laughs> We're gonna let's post it to the page. All right. It's yeah! it's and it's not
3: about being manly or anything, it just shows that I'm a weakling.
0: You can see the cuteness that we made. And I'm gonna apologize now for my videographer skills in it because we'll chop it, it up. It was all like, yeah, it was not good. At, you're going to be mad when you see a couple times. But it's because I was, you know when you're videoing something that you're, y- is really intense and you kind of forget you're videoing because you want to be there with your hands to try to help. So uh, it's a little bit choppy at times. But you get the gist and it's... Uh, well, well, we'll chop it up. little baby bird. We can, we we can edit
3: cute. it. We'll just edit it to me going, I'm going to pick up this bird and then cut to me picking it up. I'm putting it in the basket. Yeah. We don't need all the We don't need all the other... Ah, <laughs> oh
0: shit. Oh no,
3: fuck. Okay, okay, do it, do it, do it. Okay, I can do it. Why am I so scared?
0: No, I want... You need that part of it. You need some let of us, that.
3: Let us know in the comments, would you be cool with just picking up a bird? I, why is that it's so weird that some animals like i could pick up a cat even if it's squirming i'm not gonna be like uh, it's squirm I, I, I could care less <laughs> like i'll just pick it up but for some reason this little baby bird there's nothing to it you know what helped me pick it up huh? the other day when i was doing some gardening and i saw that big frog and i picked up the frog <laughs> because that that too i was like Ugh. i was like trying to and it was i would touch it and it would move and i'd be like oh fuck. Then I'm like, okay, I used to pick up frogs as a kid all the time. What's wrong with me? Then I just picked it up. Then it was moving around in my hands, and I was like, okay, what's the big deal? It's the move. It's the it's the quick movements that kind of mm-hmm. freak me out for some you reason.
0: Also, they seem delicate, like, and you hear stories like that all the time. Don't like they have something on the outside of their skin that if you take that off then it's going to smell different and it's going to maybe hurt them or or their parents won't accept them back if you make them smell different or you know so you don't want to yeah. so becky says I'm um, i'm a bloody farm girl and it would freak me out then again dog poo scares me lol <laughs> <laughs> yeah do- i think you also don't like picking up dog poo
3: well i'm not scared of it i just rather not
0: oh rather not <laughs> wow funny me neither
3: I don't know. Isn't that why we met? It was on your online dating profile. Hobbies, picking up dog shit.
0: Yeah, I have a passion.
3: We did not meet on an online dating profile, by the way.
0: No, real life, face to face.
3: Face to face. Face to face. Face 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 to face to face.
0: All right, that Um, that was annoying. Yes. Okay. No, go. No, no, no. no, 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 Please finish your thought. I was just going to see if you could do. your uh, but no, it's okay. Just go ahead, let's do it.
3: Mm, there's a lot of Oz there.
0: No, no, no. Good, 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 good.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Daily dose, daily dose. Get the news from coast to coast.
3: Uh, That dance was a tribute to the baby Robin out there that we've uh, (laughs) named. What should should we name it?
0: I was thinking of... um,
3: Luke. I don't know. It just came to me.
0: I don't know. I wanted to call it, for some reason, this came Freddy the Fedgling. Fedgling? Fledgling.
3: Freddy the Fledgling? You're a real sucker for alliteration.
0: Or Federico.
3: Federico the fledg. I I regret asking. (laughs)
0: Or it could be uh, Ray the Robin.
3: Why does it have to be an alliteration? like? Oh, that's cute. How about Bernie the Bird? Yeah, I like that. Or how about... How
0: about Bert the Bird?
3: How about uh, Walter the Weak Fuck? Aw. Just kidding. So nice. <laughs> he is weak. He can't fly. I was just going on alliteration. Sorry.
0: I can't call him Walter because one of Gordy's friends' name is Walter. Right. Just how kidding. about... Just joking. That's ridiculous.
3: Um, How about Curtis the Feathered Cutie?
0: Yeah, I like that.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> the
0: Feathered Cutie.
3: He is cute. He's so cute. He okay. looks like our cat nugget. When you show up, he's just all like, get out of here, get out of here.
0: All right, so here's your Daily Dose. Get out of here. Thursday, June 11th. The range of policies... This is so weird getting into after talking about cute bird names but the range of policies being uh, implemented by the uh, by businesses across Canada uh, for preventing COVID-19 are all over the map I don't know if you've noticed this I don't I, I don't go out much but when I go to different stores I notice that different stores have different policies it's crazy like some you go to the drugstore here in Wakefield. You have to answer questions, which I think is great. I actually think it's good. So they say, uh, "Do you have any symptoms? Have you been traveling?" They get, "Do you have a fever? Do you feel sick?" And I mean, most people are not going to say, you know, they're not going to say like if you really want to go to the drugstore, uh, what are you gonna you are gonna say? No, uh, no, no, no. You know, but they have a sink there, and you wash <laughs> no, your hands. No symptoms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You wash your hands before you go in. It's it's this big elaborate thing. Other other businesses you go in and it's like business as usual. Like no one's wearing a mask.
3: I think it depends on the business. Like the pharmacy, people get picking up medication so true. They, they could be
0: <coughs> very true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, there was just this story here about a woman who went to her Volkswagen dealership and no one was wearing like none of the staff. Yeah. Even though they're dealing with people, but then there's another story where an orthodontist, which I know is different because you're up close and personal and you're in someone's mouth for God's sakes. They actually, before they let people in, they're not only checking temperatures, but they're actually te- testing their oxygen saturation levels. I don't Whoa. know. I know, which can be abnormally high in severe COVID cases. But you would I assume. I thought it was low. Or low, sorry. Low. Oh, yeah. That's what all I of a
3: sudden, you've got all this oxygen <laughs> in your blood. You're like, I feel amazing. I have COVID, I think.
0: <laughs> no, but you'd think that if you were, um, you'd think that if you had extremely low, abnormally low oxygen levels, that you'd also have a fever. So that seems a little redundant and over the top. But Is that hey, scientific? If you have no. low
3: oxygen, you have a fever?
0: No, no, no. But if you were, if you had COVID, and like i'm assuming that the temperature comes first is what i'm trying to say like oh. you know what i mean anyway but yeah. uh, i'm not an orthodontist and i don't have to work in people's mouths so during this pandemic so is that how we met <laughs> <laughs> but um It must be. It is difficult. And this article also was pointing out how how difficult it must be in a customer service point of view uh, situation because you want to please people, but you also want to implement these rules because it's for public safety and for the safety of your employees and everything. But um, like Costco, for instance, has such amazing customer service. But remember that video of that that guy who thought it was like, um, I woke
3: up in a free country.
0: I know. So annoying. So annoying. But uh, so a lot of businesses are d- having to deal with that. And um, like for, and this is another thing I was really surprised about. Uh, apparently, this has happened a couple times at TD Bank where healthcare workers go to try to do banking and they turn them away because they've been working with patients. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're a hero, but you can't come in and, you know, get your banking done.
3: Even. But- Go ahead, finish, and I'll... I'll no, watch that, it.
0: and that's not their official policy, they say. But this one doctor in Toronto, uh, Dr. Lemieux, Camille Lemieux, was uh, recently visiting a Toronto branch of the TD Bank to get a certified check, and she was turned away after the manager discovered that she runs a COVID-19 testing centre at the Toronto Western Hospital. And, and she didn't even want to go in the bank. She's actually working, like, around the clock... And didn't want to have to go into the bank. Tried to call the bank. Tried to do what she need, what she could needed to get done over the phone or online. And they said no. For a certified check, you have to come into the branch. So she didn't want to go in. But um, and she also mentioned to the manager she got tested two days prior, and that she's actually probably more safe than a lot of other mm. people that haven't been tested, who possibly have it. And um, but he said no. You can't come in.
3: Even the uh, guidelines you were saying how it's so different from place to place. It even varies. The general guidelines for everybody varies from one to the other in the same list released at the same time. I saw the list. It was like guidelines for COVID gatherings of no more than ten people. The next one was protests of no more than a hundred people. I'm like, how does? What's I know. the difference? I. I, I Look, I'm all about social change, and I believe in protesting uh, to, to get that message across and to to make change. But how are you going to tell people? How is that not going to raise cynicism and questions and doubt from people mm-hmm. when you go? No gatherings of more than 10 people. No protests for more for of more than 100. You can have up to 100 people for protests. You can have gatherings of 10. You know. Some people will understand that, but a lot of people are going to push back on that and be like, "Well, this is all garbage." True, because it's gonna—it's like, what's the difference? It's a, its a, both are gatherings. It's just one has a message and the other is social. Yeah, How, wh- the virus doesn't know the difference. If there's a group of a hundred people, chanting all close to each other, shoulder to shoulder, protesting, some wearing masks, some not. The virus isn't going to be like, oh, that's for a cause. We're not going to, well, I'm not going to go there and spread. I'll just wait for the parties of 11 people or more. Yeah, it's true. It, it, it's, I understand, but at the same time, I also understand the the pushback and the resistance, and it does scream. I mean, that's where you have all these conspiracy theorists come out and go, see, this is all bullshit. And mm-hmm. I can kind of see their point because, and and most people are going to, are gonna push back on that. They're gonna be like, "This is ridiculous." Mm. We're o- we're open, so it's not doing any favors. Yeah, I don't know. I no, think no,
0: no. I think I think you're right. And just, uh, also, just a side note, but still related. I think it's weird to like talk about rules when it comes to protests, because protests inherently are true, not unruly, but they're not really. Oh, okay. So how do we protest again? And it's like protests are kind of. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's not unruly. I know you can have a peaceful protest, but it's straight You can't really follow "quote unquote" rules when it comes to a protest. Well, it's really. kind of like
3: Burning Man, right? in ca- In California, mm-hmm. L- this big festival. It's against the man and whatever, and our own rules, our own life, and and <clears throat> and so and they have this big. St- like match st- uh, woods, what do you call those? Uh, stick figure kind of. They have this giant one on the beach, right? It's all made with whatever, some sort of wood and f- trees or whatever. It's this big, and mm-hmm. they burn it at the end of the festival or at some point they burn this whole Burning Man thing and it's like, yeah, fuck the man and whatever. Well, two years ago, someone put fire to the Burning Man before it was scheduled. In the festival, mm-hmm. and people lost their minds at the festival, and it's like, wait a minute, you're exactly right hypocritical. You're protesting against structure and being told what to do and when, and then you're freaking mm-hmm. out when someone went against. <laughs> it's, people sometimes don't see their hypocr- hypocrisies, but
0: it's true. And and uh, I bet you. Well, I've noticed this happens with small companies with the uh, these um, progressive new. Uh, ideologies or uh, mission statements that start off to be these great companies with all these great ideas, and then when they get popular, like Burning Man now has evolved over the years. So you know it becomes like too structured, almost too rules, and yeah. and then you know, like you see it, it happening with, uh, for instance, Bose beer, which I, I really love. The beer started off as this, you know, small craft beer company and then grew to this great popularity here in Ontario and beyond now but Ontario it's so popular and and then they they always said they weren't going to sell and I you know I don't want to use specific examples because I don't know all the details but and even if we use other companies we've all seen it happen with Creamore Springs they sell out to the bigger breweries and Bose didn't do that but they have changed you know what i mean it's hard Mm -hmm. to not change it's hard to start off you start off all keen like i'm gonna change the world i'm gonna change the world of beer or i'm gonna change the world of what whatever and then once you get really popular and there's so many people and there's money and you're buying and you have to hire new people and get more efficient and all these things and then what happens to those ideologies what happens to that you know right down
3: the
2: shitter
0: Right, right. Anyway, there's going to be other businesses. We'll just decide. there's going to be other businesses opening up like Good Life Fitness has come out with their plan for when they reopen. I remember your mom telling me about this because they're members that, that it would be it's going to be a much different environment. You have to actually schedule your appointment when you're going to go in and work out because they can only have a certain amount of people working out. And uh, they're going to be wa- doing a deep clean every day and uh, all kinds of new rules. I think that sounds good, in my opinion, but there's a lot of backlash from members because they're like, well, i just like to do my workouts uh, on a whim when I want to, when I can fit in my schedule. It's like, you know, I was reading that story and I'm thinking, is it human nature to just complain? Like, come on, this is ridiculous. We're dealing with a pandemic here. Can you not organize your, and put your workouts in your schedule and commit to them? Maybe you're not, actually working out to the level that you really want to because you're just squeezing it in whenever you want like it's easy to anyway i'm not judging i'm just like come on don't complain about this like you get to still work out yeah i can't wait to go back to the gym i know we have a beautiful gym here and right close to us okay. the daily gym daily, daily gym. gym go to or the daily. maybe go three to five times a week Okay.
3: <laughs> Daily seems a bit much. <laughs> the other day, Jim.
0: Every other day, Jim. Moderation. Give your muscles a rest. Okay, so next story here. The head of the RCMP said today that the service is going to review their uh, use of the controversial neck hold restraint, a promise that comes as, as mass protests against police brutality continue across North America in the wake of George Floyd's death. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's called the... uh, How do I pronounce this? I actually looked it up. Car... I can't. Carotid? Carotid? Carotid. Carotid control hold (laughs) is the act of compressing the arteries on either side of a person's neck. Used correctly, it causes the person being restrained to slip into unconsciousness. But it can also lead to injury. To or longer, more
3: fulfilling orgasms. Go Aww, ahead.
0: Oh, gross. But it can also lead to injury or death. Stop that. That's a fact. Just listen. Go ahead. Lucky, who is the, that I mentioned earlier, the RCMP um, commissioner, said that this hold—I don't want to have to say it again—is at the far end of the continuum of police use of force, on par with using a firearm. The—it's uh, also known as the sleeper hold mm-hmm. or the blood choke. Have you ever heard of that?
3: Blood choke.
0: Yeah. It differs from so r-
3: many jokes here, but I'm, I'm, yeah, it's please the morning.
0: don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> it differs. This this differs from the um, restraint used by the Minneapolis police officer. That you sounds know? like what you offer your husband when it's Stop. the time of month. Stop Go it! Ahead.
3: <laughs> Stop
0: it! You said you were going to. I know, not I, I can't
3: resist. I have to remind people I'm a comedian sometimes.
0: <laughs> uh, the sleeper hold is is different <laughs> than what they what the police officer used in Minneapolis on George Floyd. That officer knelt on his neck for more than eight minutes. I thought it was five minutes. Eight minutes. Eight minutes and
3: forty-six seconds. Oh, just God. under nine. Ugh. Oh, Fourteen seconds to nine
0: minutes. No, no, no. You can't joke. I'm not his, joking. His death was sparked has sparked obviously international protests. So they're going to be looking at uh, looking at that. And the uh, commissioner also, when asked if there's systematic racism in policing in Canada, and she said. She believes there's unconscious bias.
3: Of course there is, without question. That's not up for debate.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, And I guess a lot is coming to the surface here, so that's... That's good. That a lot of stories and situations are coming. Can I to the say surface. something quick? Yeah. If you
3: haven't posted anything about it, it doesn't mean you're inherently racist. There, I just wanted to say that.
0: So boom,
3: there we go. I, I, someone posted. If you haven't posted anything yet about this, you're inherently racist. Some of us didn't post and we donated, by the way. Right. I do. I actually donated. Yeah. I won't say how much. It wasn't a big amount, but still.
0: Hey, it doesn't matter how uh, much it, it is.
3: I donated to. Uh, cause. It was a um, foundation in the States related to all this. But I haven't posted anything about it. Yet based on this person's accession of me I'm inherently racist. Well that's not that's not true. So mm-hmm. stop it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. Everybody shows things in different ways. Absolutely.
3: Uh, some people will only post. You think it matters if you do a black square for your 138 followers? It, it's... You know, it's fine, to sh- it's good to show solidarity and stuff, but it's not like, oh, I did this, so I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. But you are, because you haven't. It's such nonsense. It's Again, making it about me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Here's some good news. Um, there was a stranded kitten in a tree, and someone did a Facebook Live.
3: Well, oh, that's the exact opposite. We have a bird stranded on the grass, and that I was know. a cat stranded on the tree.
0: I guess we could have done a Facebook Live. Do we not care about the bird oh yeah get it call back should have um, gotten clout after uh, more than a thousand shares of this kitten being in, in a tree a small businessman dropped everything to come and save the day neighbors in springfield missouri gathered below the huge tree including jason maloney who started reporting from the scene on facebook the day started when miss betty 91 years old heard good hearing heard the cat calling out in distress from her tree Betty didn't know whose cat it was but she asked her neighbor Maloney um, called the fire department and other tree services who all declined to help the cat's owners eventually arrived the couple had adopted the cat from a local pet's way during the pandemic and named it cheese that's a (laughs) cute name it's going to everyone loves cheese it's going to take a village to do this, said Maloney, who launched a trending hashtag, hashtag save cheese. And um, then basically they got the, the cat down from the tree and once back on the ground, um, he was hailed a hero, <laughs> the one that saved the tree or saved the cat, but he was refusing to take any tips or money. It's not about that. But I'm sure secretly he was like, but you know, if you want to hand me a, you know, 50...
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll take it. Yeah. Um. Here's another story. Despite the uh novel, I like this
3: new segue of here's another story.
0: It's not good, eh? Let's
3: well, see, you can do whatever you want.
0: Thanks, but I can't tell if that was a real compliment or not.
3: It's just I've never heard you say that, and today everyone has been here's another story.
0: Well, because I don't know, I want no. There's something.
3: nothing wrong with it. I was just pointing out that this is new.
0: Hey,
3: Gordy. Oh, Gordy
0: just whipped up. Oops. <laughs> Despite the um, novel coronavirus outbreaks... What's novel mean, by the way? I don't know, but I just say it.
3: Yeah, I've seen that a few places, not everywhere, but go ahead. Sorry, I uh, won't interrupt anymore. Despite all the
0: outbreaks... No, seriously, it's annoying. Delivering countless blows to global economies and um, so many uh, deaths and everything uh th- we have to applaud ourselves apparently according to the study that we have saved millions of lives by having our uh, lockdowns so, yeah. so they've actually done a study on it cuz cuz there were some theories out there of whether it's been effective and if you know we can't right. do another one and really but apparently we have prevented additional infections and millions of deaths so there you go. I, I think that's important to bring up because even though it's been the last several months have been extraordinary, diffi- extraordinarily difficult, this is a quote, but through our individual sacrifices, people everywhere have each contributed to one of humanity's greatest collective achievements.
3: I know, and it's annoying because the success of it is seen as a hoax. It's almost like the only way conspiracy theorists would shut their mouths is if is if millions would have died. They'd be like, oh, right. nobody would have said anything. But because it's working, it's obviously a big orchestrated lie and hoax. It's like, oh, my God. Mm. You can't win. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, if everybody would have died, they would have still said, oh, this is population control. But, um, yeah. Yeah, anyway.
0: And that's your daily dose for
3: today. <laughs> you can go. Okay, uh, that's
0: your that's the daily dose for today. Can I anyway. say Can I say what you just texted? No.
3: Oh come on. Yeah, all right, whatever. I just got a text saying uh, I really have to pee. <laughs> come on, that's cute. There's nothing embarrassing about that. What Jen doesn't know is I've installed the microphone in the bathroom. So that was the daily dose. Sorry, guys, I'm just queuing up the uh, oh. That's not nice. <laughs> Hello? <clears throat>
1: um
3: that was the Daily Dose? <laughs> I just played a sound effect as a joke. Oh. Hello? Yeah. Oh, you're back? Got back. Jeez. I this is I said <laughs> I played a joke when you were uh, gone. Mm-hmm. I said um after oh fuck.
0: Sorry. A lot of swearing today. Really? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? A lot of F bombs.
3: More than usual? Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's annoying. What? Just point that out.
0: Oh, sorry. Jeez. What do you R- mean? R- I don't think
3: there's more than usual.
0: Okay. Good. <clears throat>
3: Okay. I put that. I said uh, when you sent me that text and I read it, I said oh, Jen doesn't know. I installed the microphone in the bathroom in case oh this happened. <laughs> I really wh- when did I swear? I don't know. I said the Walter Week thing as a joke.
0: Okay, don't worry about it.
3: Well, I am uh,
0: worried about it.
3: This episode of the Julian Dion Show is brought to you once again by Gringo's Blazing Sauces. That's right, go to Sauces.com for a wide selection of salsas, hot sauces, jellies, grilling sauces, and more. Some of the best sauces you've ever had, trust me. Oh, yeah. I've tasted them, our fridge is full. I'm a f- hot sauce fanatic, and these are the best I've ever had. Fresh tasting, spicy, amazing flavor. Doug Knight... And Laura, his wife, founders of the company. Doug is a chef by trade and obsessed with finding the perfect balance between heat and flavor. And he nails it every time. Do yourself a favor or the hot sauce lover in your family a favor. Go to GringosBlazingSauces.com. It's free shipping for orders over $40 in Canada. And they ship all over North America. GringosBlazingSauces.com GringosBlazingSauces.com All yeah, right.
0: Hey, I thought you were gonna do a different song.
3: No, we'll do that another no, n- time. Not
0: in the mood? No, I don't want to <laughs>
3: swear too much.
0: Oh God! No, here but we go.
3: geez, well, I don't know. I, I, am self-conscious. No, I ju- I don't know. I'm not. Oof. Not in the mood? We'll see. If, let's see if I get inspired and I'll play one okay. song and see.
0: No pressure. You can always do it another time <laughs> too, maybe tomorrow. Um. Or. I understand if you don't want to do it.
3: It was just really <laughs> hot sauces.com I said gringos blazing hot go to gringos blazing get free shipping for orders over forty dollars in Canada <laughs> They ship all over North America. Oh, that was a short one.
0: And it also rhymes Canada and North America.
3: Yeah, that was planned, baby. All right. Oh
0: my God, it'd be funny if one day if you want to try it and then one goes into the next. Like right Two, now, you go, you know. Three.
3: Maybe. Four. Are you ready for this? Here we go. <laughs> Gr- Gring Grinkos, <Blazing> <laughs> Yeah, some of the best salsas and hot sauces around. Shit, it's the best. You can't get enough. It's a perfect combo of flavor and heat. Yes. You'll get through a <laughs> bottle of less than under an hour. Gringos, blazingsauce.com, www. Free shipping for orders over 40 bucks We <laughs> ship all over North America. PringlesBlazingSauces.com. Yeah, this www. My favorite. Gringos, blazing, sauces, dot com is our sponsor today and every day. We love the sauces. We eat the salsas. <laughs> we grill with. The barbecue sauces, we eat the jellies, hey, it's gringo's blazing sauces.com motherfucker.com, Yeah gringos, blazing sauces, gringos, blazing sauces.com. Oh my god, what's gonna happen if you don't have gringos? I'm gonna tell you what, your food will be bland! Oh no, you don't want bland food, you want gringosblazingsauces.com <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs>
0: that's my favorite thing oh
3: my god here we go good morning everybody today our sponsor and as always is gringos blazing sauces you can go to gringosblazingsauces.com and get free shipping for orders over 40 bucks gringos blazing sauces Here's a little story about how we became in love with a product. Well, one morning I woke up and <laughs> felt that my food was bland and there was something missing. And I thought, geez, what could we do here to <laughs> amp it up, maybe? I don't know, salt and pepper? Nah, maybe. <laughs> uh, and then Jen looked at me and she said, what about, I know, hot sauces? I said, oh my God, and you you know what? My friend and yours, Doug Knight, and his wife, Laura have this company called gringos blazing sauces maybe we could go i don't know go online and and order some gringos blazing sauces yes we decided to go on their website which is gringosblazingsauces.com and we ordered some sauces and it was free shipping for over 40, 40, 40 bucks we thought. What a surprise! Oh my god, <laughs> what if we lived in Missouri? Yes, they ship there too. What about Texas? Missouri? Absolutely, Texas. Florida? <laughs> yes, California? <laughs> Seattle? Oh my god, they ship everywhere in North America. Gringo's Blazing Sauces.com. Ah. Gr- Gringo's Blazing sauces, dot com.
2: C-O-M. C-O-M.
3: You can just go there now. There's a Shopify where you Fill your shopping cart with products. Fill, fill your it, shopping fill it, carts it, with love. Fill, it, fill, fill it. your shopping carts with sauces and salsas, barbecue <laughs> sauces, and more. Saucas, Go to Gringo's blog, Placing Sauces. More, more, more,
1: more, more, more,
2: more.
3: And you find the true passion in life, which is <laughs> Eat, Eat and
2: Flavor. Yes, yes, yes. Eat and <laughs> Flavor. Oh my god. Eat and
3: Flavor in every bottle. Eat and Flavor. Love, love, love. Spices. Habanero peppers. Ghost peppers. All of the peppers. I'm dizzy
2: because I'm whispering. Oh my god, I hope this doesn't mean that I have the virus. Oh my god, I'm
0: dying. Oh my god. The dog is freaking out, by the way. The dog is losing his shit. Hola, ah, ah, ah. Oh, it's perfect. Oh, I love Eh, this one. Si,
3: amigo, welcome.
0: Oh, I like this one. Take note of which song this is.
3: Hey, gringo. Hey, gringo, have a seat in here. Have some hot sauces.
0: Hey, Raul.
3: And, uh, tell you what, if you go to com, that's HTTP, <laughs> www, you can get, hola, free, shipping for orders, over $40 for some of the best salsitas.
0: Salsitas. And, ah, uh,
3: alright, I think I'm, uh,
0: I want to be in Mexico, right
3: now. Oh, this one's called Spanish Impressions. Gringos. Gringos, do yourself a favor and go to gringosblazingsauces.com. Hello! This episode is brought to you by Gringos Blazing Sauces. An array of salsas and salsitas.
0: Salsitas.
3: And jellies. Barbecue sauces. Grilling sauces. Free shipping for orders <laughs> over $40. In Canada, they ship all over North America at dog night and Laura.
0: Salsita, a little salsa. It, it's not a thing though, is it? Yeah. Oh really?
3: Uh, it's, it's, yeah, uh, bring some little su- a little salsa, salsita. Yeah.
0: No, you're lying. Want, I'm not
3: lying. I'm telling the truth. The truth about what? Well, here we go. I made chicken the other day and I couldn't figure out what's missing. Then I thought, oh shit, it's, uh, it's not sizzling. I need some heat on my dishes. Yeah, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. Go out and bring in the hot sauce. Where would you get this? This is not your typical hot sauce. It seems better. Yes, it's way better. How is it better? Well, let me tell you, they use no preservatives, they use lime juice, no sugars or anything, it's all fresh ingredients, hand-picked ingredients by Chef Doug Knight. He's obsessed with finding the perfect balance between heat and flavor, and he nails it every time. His wife, Laura, helps, and they founded this great company called Gringo's Blazing Sauces. Go to Gringo's Blazing go to Gringo's Blazing and they ship... All over North America. And if you live in Canada, it's free shipping for orders over $40. Gringo's Blazing Sauces.
0: Ah, dot com. Thank you. Oh, my God. You're welcome.
3: <laughs> oh, Enough of that. That's
0: funny. I'm um, not sure if you're aware, but it's 8 30.
3: Oh, are you in a rush?
0: Oh, Snap Attack.
3: Snap Attack. Snap Attack.
0: It's 8 30.
3: 27 minutes to 9 o'clock and this is what we have to say. Oh, Thanks for watching our show as we do every morning Monday to Friday.
0: Breathy. Live on Facebook.
3: (laughs) I'm glad I don't drink coffee anymore because this mic would ring 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 ring. ring.
0: (laughs) What does it smell like?
3: Right now it smells like a smoothie and Listerine.
0: apple cider vinegar
3: my mouth is made um. to fresh um. I brush every day almost three times sometimes four yo my uh. mouth is fresh I don't drink coffee so <laughs> now it's fresh uh, my mic s- smells good it doesn't smell like a rotten egg yeah come on here
0: <laughs> <Like a> rot- <laughs> it- <laughs> <laughs> did it really smell like a rotten egg?
3: shit No, I was just trying to rhyme. Rhyming
0: is difficult. You know what this reminds
3: me of? Body pump. Okay, everybody, here we go. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Two, three, four, and four more. And down three and two. And push it. Go with the basement. We'll do four in the basement. One, two, four, and push up midway.
0: (laughs) And a pulse. Okay.
3: This episode... It's coming to an end now. As much as I hate to leave you, I mean, we've got a life and stuff, and you know.
1: We gotta check on Robbie. Can't be here all day, we'd love to be here all
3: day, but we've gotta go because we uh, ran out of things to say. Ah. (laughs) Alright, that's enough enough of that by the way the pre-show song was Lindsay Ferguson I forgot to mention that's her latest single Sirens you can find everywhere you get your music on Apple Music and everything anywhere
0: loves it alright let's go for the close it's been a Thursday edition
3: of the Julian Dion Show
0: that's right live as always wonderful to talk with all of
3: you love you sorry for cursing so much nah. And uh, love you Gen Z Love
0: you
3: We'll see you guys tomorrow Friday for our last show Of the week That's right We're live on Facebook Monday to Friday At 7am The Julian Dion Show Then available on demand On Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify And more We're gonna go check On our little birds, Robbie And uh, that's it Robbie I like Robbie
0: Becky suggested that
3: I like time. Robbie. Okay, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, watch your head. time.
2: I went to school. Yeah, I learned a lot. Got a degree in what I'm not. You spend your life looking for what you already got. Such a beautiful waste of time. Ha